Today on We Here, Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix are having a vegan baby, and Page Six was the first to know. We'll catch up with Breakfast Club co-host Angela Yee about pop culture in quarantine. And what is going on with Nicole Kidman and Kaya Gerber breaking their bones? Coming up next on We Here. Oh my god. We're on page six? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Maggie, do you think it'll be weird when Angela Yee comes on later in the podcast if I say, aw, yee? You think she'll like that or <laughs> not? I'm trying to get, like, sometimes I think of these things, and then I'm like, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I'm so glad I we have, run it by you. I'm glad we have the opportunity now to work it out. You know, they say <laughs> in photography, you have to take 10,000 bad photos before you get to one good one. So maybe we're just rolling through your camera roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Moving right along, Maggie. What's our top story? Okay. This is a great story. And of course, it's a, it's a page six exclusive. Rooney Mara is pregnant with her first child with her longtime paramour, Joaquin Phoenix. You know. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. Go ahead. Well, here's the thing. I have a bit of a personal stake in this story, Maggie. I have sort of strong feelings about this. Because so back in 2017, I had exclusively reported that Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara were together. Mm-hmm. And um, and we've had a lot of exclusive reporting up to this exclusive report that they're now having a baby and they got engaged. Um, but back in 2017, I was at the Golden Globes, I think, and a source had told me that Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix were hooking up and had like fallen in love. And the thing was that at the time, they were shooting a movie in which he played Jesus Christ And she played Mary Magdalene. So Mm -hmm. at the time, I thought, okay, this is going to be the biggest story of all time. Because A, you have two A-list movie stars hooking up together, which is a big story in itself. But B, you've got Jesus (laughs) sleeping with Mary Magdalene. I was like, this story is going to cross over just from Mm. Hollywood into like, biblical it's going to be a biblically big gossip item the vatican's going to go wild (laughs) totally so i write the story we run the story and you know what no one cared (laughs) that's not true it it hardly broke it hardly broke the internet or broke anything and i think i figured out why although now i can also tell you why i think more people care about this story that they're having a baby are you ready for my theory please please enlighten us so it occurred to me after the story ran that um at the time right she had been in you know the girl with the dragon tattoo and he joaquin phoenix obviously known for her and they both they started together in her um and a lot of kind of like quirky movies, but he had yet to do obviously the Joker, his biggest film of all time. And I think when I reported that they were initially dating, I think they're just stars that are so like, 
she's so enigmatic, you know what I mean? And she disappears so much in her roles and she's just like, you don't, we don't really know her very much as a personality. And obviously he is, has been very famous for a long time, but also like he's very quirky um, and also kind of disappears into his roles. And I think that at the time that I reported that they were dating, people just weren't that invested in like their personal lives as people. You know what I mean? Like they follow them as movie stars. But I think that now that he's been in the Joker, he's on sort of a whole other level of fame. So I think it's just mm. become kind of a much bigger deal. But when they were just playing Jesus and Mary together, I don't know, it seemed like no one really cared. You know what I kind of love about this story is that he did an interview with Vanity Fair in October 2019, which he says he was convinced that Rooney Mara despised him and that she's the only girl I ever looked up on the internet. We were just friends, email friends. I'd never done that, looked up a girl online. And it worked out. Yeah, now they're having a vegan baby. A vegan baby. You know, also at the time when they started dating, she had previously had a pretty long-term boyfriend who's this guy named Charlie McDowell, who she had dated for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And um, he's not really a household name, but his parents are actually. His dad is Malcolm McDowell, mm -hmm. pretty famous actor. And his mother is Mary Steenburgen. Oh, yeah. So yeah, his yeah. stepfather is Ted Danson, technically. And he's like a sort of director and whatever, but like obviously not as well known as Joaquin Phoenix. So she moved on to a more famous partner. I, lo I love the six degrees of separation in Hollywood, how everyone is interlinked to everyone else. Well, I was thinking about this too, because of course, Rooney and Kate Mara come from this kind of famous football dynasty. Mm -hmm. um, and the Mara family and Kate Mara is also a movie star or, you know, TV star. And she's married, I think to Jamie Bell. So I have been thinking of what these family holidays are going to be like, where you have Rooney and Kate Mara hanging out with Joaquin Phoenix and Jamie Bell, you know, when they're kids and going yeah. on vacations together. And isn't Rooney Mara's real name actually Patricia and Rooney is her mother's maiden name and it's her stage name. Yes. So what will they name this baby? That's true. Actually, this baby, I have to say, could give Grimes and Elon Musk's kid a run for its money in the wacko name department. Because Joaquin Phoenix, obviously, is extremely quirky and unpredictable. So we might have another California. The California birth department. Is that, <laughs> is that who, <laughs> who oversees these names? the California Department of Birth, they're going to have another it. problem on their hands probably because you're only allowed to use, as we've learned recently with Grimes and Elon Musk's kid, XAEA12, mm -hmm. Archangel, that you can only use the 26 characters in the alphabet for a name. So we'll see if Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix stick to that. Today we've got Angela Yee, who you might know from The Breakfast Club or from her own podcast, Lip Service. Thanks for joining us, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited because I love you guys, so I'm happy to be on. Thank oh, you. Thanks. The feeling is mutual. We're very excited to have you on today. We feel like we could get some tips from you, actually. I'm looking forward to learning <laughs> from you during this segment. You guys are great already, so let's go. So, so go ahead, Maggie. I was going to say, Angela, you're working super hard in quarantine. I see you doing 
it feels like just as many interviews as you're doing, you know, when we're not experiencing a global pandemic. Who has been your favorite person you've had on? You're going to think this is so random, but for lip service, we had Soldier Boy on from 90 Day Fiance. I don't know uh-huh. if you guys watch that show, but first of all, I love that show. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine, and he lives in Nigeria, so I don't know how else we would have ever got him on the show. <laughs> and I think they must have some type of NDA where they're not supposed to really do interviews, but we definitely got him on, and you know that was I, that is so random that that one was such a big deal to me, but I was so excited to interview him for some reason. But, you know, <laughs> in addition to that, like we have Issa Rae coming up and mm-hmm. I love the show Insecure. So yes, I'm also a I, big fan. Yes. And I'm a big fan of her. So that's going to be really dope for me. Um, you know, I, th- I just think that it is nice to be, it's a different feeling to do these interviews on Zoom than it is in person. I just feel like we've been doing many episodes like for lip service. I've been doing two a week instead of one a week just because we're not making them as long as we would in person. It's a different type of vibe. I know everybody's like, oh, you know, when we open back up, we're all just going to be doing things virtually. But I still feel like there's nothing like being in person. Yeah. And you're known for getting people. You you manage to get people to really open up about things that maybe they wouldn't on, to other hosts and on other shows. And you get a lot of scoops. Is it more challenging to do that as well when you're on Zoom? Is it easier to get people to talk to you in person? Or have you found that you can still get them to to divulge their secrets to you when you're talking to them? I think that it could go either way depending on the person. Sometimes people are more comfortable in their own home when no one's around and and kind of like looking at them and they don't have the whole entourage. So sometimes people are just so comfortable, like at home chilling in their sweats or their pajamas and not having a whole big to do and having to fight through traffic to come to an interview. So sometimes they're more comfortable, but then sometimes in person, you know, we do have drinks. And <laughs> so that's the key. <laughs> yes, that does help when you have a little bit and you're like, okay, this is like, you know, you're sitting down like you're talking to your friends. And I think that's what really separates a good interview from a regular interview is when it feels Mm -hmm. more like a conversation that you're having with your friends. Because I think sometimes people have like these set questions, which is good to have, but you don't have to always stick to the script like that. Sometimes things just take a left and you have to be able to take that left also. So have you had a moment while we've all been kind of locked up where you were like, I really don't have the energy to do this? Or are you someone who this just kind of gives you life? I've had moments daily like that. And, you know, <laughs> usually when I have a moment like that, I don't have a choice and I do have to do things. But what I've been mm-hmm. learning how to do more is to say no at times because mm-hmm. things always seem like a great opportunity. So you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. And sometimes you have to say, I don't have to do everything that comes Mm. my way. And I think sometimes people also just look at it like, well, you're at home not doing anything. Like, no, this is not a vacation at all. (laughs) I'm still working. We're doing an extra hour on the radio every morning. We're still doing Mm -hmm. interviews, like you said. And I'm I'm doing even more interviews for lip service. And in addition to that, I'm trying to do a lot of things that I can do as far as people's graduations and doing these commencement podcasts and Mm -hmm. doing special things for students and also paying attention to finances and doing my Wealth Wednesday, which I do once a month. And I'm still doing all of those things. And I have the juice bar in Brooklyn too. So it's just Mm -hmm. a lot still going on. But every now and then, trust me, like 
on Sundays, I really don't do anything, but kind of lay mm-hmm. around and watch TV. And you need to do that too. I think we feel guilty. Like we're supposed to be coming out of this pandemic with a six pack, a brand new book, a script and all of these things. And a lot of us, that's not going to happen. And we shouldn't pressure ourselves this like that. Oh my God. Wait, hang on. I, Angela. Oh, this is such a faux pas. I started playing your podcast. Uh-oh. Hang on. What is going on? I'm everywhere. You're everywhere. Sorry. I'm listening to your podcast while we're interviewing you. That's, that's good advertising. Yeah. Anyway, you you mentioned like the, so what is going on with the juice bar? How did you get involved with the juice bar in the first place? And like, What's happening with that business right now? Is it open? What's going on? Yeah, we are still open. We're actually doing really well right now just because I think people are so concerned about their nutrition and staying Mm -hmm. healthy. So I feel like, first of all, our our hours are shorter, but we're making more money than we have when we had longer hours. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And we are social distancing, so we only allow five people in at a time. So if you come, you might have to wait outside till you know a person leaves to be able to place your order. But um, yeah, I think it's a great service for the community just to have the juice bar. I know I juice a lot myself at home already, but you know I, I like to swing by there, just pop up, make sure everybody's good. I was just talking; they don't even know this yet, but we are going to give our employees a nice bonus just for you know bearing with us through this and coming to work and just being so amazing because as a matter of fact, one of my friends, she owns a restaurant in Brooklyn called Tilly's. She was at the juice Mm -hmm. bar for the first time yesterday. So she texted me from there. Like, I just love the vibe here. Everybody's so nice and friendly. And I appreciate the people that work at the juice bar for really just being troopers right now. Yeah. How did you get involved with the whole juice thing? Was it something, just an interest of yours? Then you, cause I know you wanted to like launch, right? Like a healthy juice place that was, in an area that otherwise might not have a juice bar, but how did you come up with the whole concept? Uh, It's just because it was a learning process for me, just waking up early every day. I've been doing morning radio for 16 years. So it is so important, right? And trust me, I am not a breakfast person. Like you won't see me. I never, I can't, like I can't really eat breakfast for some reason. It makes me a little sleepy. It kind of messes up my stomach. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to use the toilet away from home. So What I was doing was every morning, just because I wanted to make sure I I had something, I would just have a juice. But at first, the juices I was having weren't necessarily healthy and I didn't know it. It was like pureed, all the sugar added. So I started doing my own research and I saw that Styles P had opened up these juice bars in in the Bronx and in Yonkers. So I hit him up and we partnered up to do the one together in Brooklyn. Wow, that's amazing. And where is your Brooklyn location? It's on Malcolm X Boulevard. It's 277 Malcolm X Boulevard, right on the corner of McDonough. Cool. And who, and so for people who know your radio show, I mean, your podcast has been on for a while now, but for people who are familiar with you as a radio host, as you mentioned, for 16 years, can you talk a little bit about what the difference is between the podcast that you're doing and what you do on the radio? Well, the podcast was important to me because it's all women as Mm -hmm. hosts. And so for me, it's just a different type of vibe. It's like talking to your girlfriends as opposed to with me and Charlamagne and Envy. It's like sometimes I feel outnumbered. I'm the only girl. So that was kind of the point of the podcast. When we interview guys, they feel outnumbered. And that doesn't normally happen in the business that I'm in. Mm. And it's a lot looser, too, being on the podcast. Like It is more about relationships and sex and whatever we want it to be about. On the morning show, it's very structured. Like we have the rumor report. We have the front page news. I have Ask Yee. Charlemagne has Donkey of the Day. MV has his mix. So there's a lot of structure 
to that. I think with the podcast, it's just kind of loose. That's why for people that want to do a podcast, it is more, it's an easier thing to do, but I do think it's important to have some type of structure within the podcast, but it can be a looser structure, you know, because on the, mm-hmm. the breakfast club, like we have commercials, we have strict times, like we have to get out of this at 820 and then we have to play music from here to here and the commercial has to air at this time. It's just a lot of technicalities. I guess also though, on the radio too, you're bound by certain um, like censorship issues in terms of the language you can use and what you can say, right? And on the podcast, like it can get pretty provocative. Yes, it gets very spicy on the podcast. (laughs) And and you know, people listen to the radio, they're listening with their kids. So I do try to be mindful of of the space that you're in. I don't want somebody to be at home with their kid and they want to listen, but they have to all of a sudden, and this happens, trust me, they all of a sudden have to change the station. So Mm -hmm. I am mindful of those things too, just because I want to make sure that uh, on the morning show, we're more inclusive of everybody. So just how spicy is this podcast? Can you give us like a little insight on what people can expect? Well, I just posted a clip of JoJo. She was just on and she just put out a new project. And so she was just talking about how she had an experience where she slept with a fan. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a friend of hers, but he was also a fan. And he kept playing Usher's Superstar on <laughs> during the experience. And it was really creepy. Or we had Jadena on and he was just talking uh-huh. about um, relationships and how he wouldn't mind dating a woman who has sex and messes around with other guys as long as, Mm -hmm. you know, they stay within the confines of whatever rules they have for seeing other people. Uh, I mean, people get just as um, into it as they want to get. We've had like Kevin Gates and his wife, Drika, they came on together. I think that might've been the first couple we ever had on lip service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, that was really nasty. Like he was just talking about, you know, their sex life and involving other women and other women tasting her on him and stuff like that. So damn. <laughs> he said, damn. Pretty spicy. <laughs> and so now, when you usually do the podcast under normal circumstances, do you have people like come in? Where do you record the podcast? And do people usually come in to a studio and now are you doing it remotely? Yeah, we do them now on Zoom. So previously we were at Engine Room Audio and that's downtown in the Wall Street area. And I'm very hospitable. Like I always ask ahead of time, do they have a preference and whatever it is that they like? And I always try to make sure I get that for whoever our guest is so that they're comfortable. We give them, you know, toys to leave with a lot of times, courtesy of Doc Johnson. So we have a good time. Right. And I know it's like you don't hold back like titles of some of, I think the most recent show that you recorded is called Double Dicker. <laughs> and then there's like, there, and it goes on from there. Yeah, that was Ebenezer. He's from the UK and we had him on and he was talking about having uh, sex outdoors on a double decker bus. So we just called it <laughs> double decker. Wow, <laughs> I don't come that- up with the titles. That's our producer, Dan. He just comes up with the craziest titles sometimes. I'll look at it and I'll be like, whoa. Yeah, if you look at it, it's like double dicker, limp dick, like whatever. Like <laughs> one of the keys is just, have dick in the title. Yeah. Producer Dan might have to come over to the post and write some good pun headlines. Exactly. Double dicker <laughs> is a great one. <laughs> well, Angela, thank you so much for coming on. It sounds like you're, you know, making the best of this at-home situation and we're glad to talk to you. Yeah, you know, I still make sure I go for like a little walk outside, but I'll tell you over the weekend, it was so crowded outside. I 
turned right back around and came inside my house because I, when it gets warmer out, I don't know what it's going to be like. But, you know, I am fortunate that I'm still able to work from home and that I have space and that I do actually like my house. And so, you know, I'm grateful for all of that. Great. Well, thank you again so much for talking to us. Thank you, guys. Kaya Gerber and Nicole Kidman have both suffered injuries while being in quarantine. We've got Kaya Gerber sporting a blue cast after she broke a wrist. And Nicole Kidman walking around with what looks like a moon boot after she injured her ankle. Yeah, it's one of my... I've added it on to my list of many fears, Maggie. Mm. Like, Because you you don't want to... Like, every time I hear one of my kids... Like, my kids are always running around and, like, falling and smashing and crashing and, you know, as kids do. And right now, it's just like this thing where whenever I hear one of them hit the deck or smash into something or start crying, I just think... Oh my God, no, we do not want to go to the emergency room during this time. Yeah. Let's and just chill, everybody. Everybody, let's just chill. It's unclear what Kaya was doing. You know, Kaya Gerber is the 18 year old model daughter of Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber. And she posted a photo on Instagram showing off her blue cast. And she said, had a little accident, but I'm okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, and also the thing that was weird is it was a selfie in a bikini. So it was she, right? Or she was in her underwear and a cast. She appears to be wearing a bikini. I mean, let's not miss an opportunity to thirst trap here. Right, exactly. Totally. But but she also didn't reveal what happened, which is also true with Nicole Kidman. I guess Keith Urban has confirmed that Nicole Kidman did break her ankle because she had gone she had been seen in in Nashville where they live kind of hobbling around wearing one of those I guess moon boots they're called or one of those kind of plastic you know big boots um that you wear when you injure yourself so I guess fans were concerned and then he came out and told Entertainment Tonight like yeah she did break her ankle but she went out to this there was some sort of event that they went to but you know she wore a mask and she's wearing the boot but they also haven't mentioned how you know she injured herself so what are these stars doing in quarantine i guess part of it is that maybe if you know something breaks around your house you have to like climb a ladder and fix it yourself and then you're like injuring yourself i don't know i just keep imagining people trying to learn how to skateboard and falling off (laughs) that could be it nicole kidman just like grinding on like a railing because I'm like, wouldn't this be would this be a great time to learn how to skateboard? Something I kind of always wanted to learn and just never did. You're <laughs> so right. Actually, Maggie, I have gotten back. You know, it's funny. So we had found a lot. <laughs> We've found one quarantine thing that's been happening is we're finding a lot of stuff in the trash. I don't know that we're taking into our home. I know that sounds weird, but basically... I guess during quarantine, a lot of people are probably like cleaning out their homes and just getting rid of a lot of stuff that they don't want anymore. I guess Mm -hmm. you're just like need more space or, Mm -hmm. you know, you need an activity. So one of the many things that we found on the street, one of the many treasures was a skateboard. (gasps) My son didn't have a skateboard. So I've been teaching him how to skateboard. So we have actually been going skateboarding. And Maggie, I have been back out on the skateboard, but... It did occur to me, having not skateboarded basically since I was a teenager, that this could result 
like I immediately thought of that. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm going to break my ass on this thing. Like, you know, even though I started to try and do a few tricks, then I was like, I need to like, I need to be cool with it. But obviously Nicole Kidman didn't <laughs> think that, you, you know, Nicole Kidman, she just jumped on that skateboard and just started going back to what she thought she could do. You know, you got to like give it some time. Let me clarify that this scenario in which Nicole Kidman has injured herself on a skateboard has been only concocted in our minds and we cannot confirm or deny if this is true. Right. That is true. I do <laughs> want to say, though, this is a little bit like name droppy, but as long as we're talking about skateboarding and when else am I going to be able to talk to you about skateboarding, Maggie? I was actually taught to skateboard um, in part by um, Adam Yauk of the Beastie Boys. So I do. Yeah. So I do have some vague skateboard credibility, I guess. Okay, go on. Explain yourself. So basically, my mom and Adam Yauk's mom are close friends. And Mm -hmm. we grew up in the same neighborhood. And he so when I was a kid, like, I think I guess our moms maybe would make and he was always like, incredibly nice. And I knew him, um, you know, a bit I would see him around and he was always nice but when we were kids I think it was probably one of those things where he was older and our moms maybe forced him to like play with me sometimes or (laughs) hang out or we'd go to their house for dinner or something and then I would hang out with him in, in his room and I think he was always like a this like little kid but I guess they sort of made him like take me skateboarding so we would skateboard around the neighborhood sometimes he had an aluminum skateboard, which was like incredibly cool. I thought it was the coolest thing of all time. So yeah. And I I wish I had my old skateboard. It was a Sims Pure Juice. It was like a wooden skateboard. And I wish I had it. And sometimes I look it up online and now it's like, it's pretty expensive actually. But maybe I need, yeah. you know, maybe that's what I need. I need to get back the yeah. Pure Juice. But anyway, so yeah, I have been skateboarding similarly to Nicole Kidman and Kaya Gerber. <laughs> So you were basically almost in the Beastie Boys, and I only found out today. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, sort of a far cry. Yeah, that's exactly. amazing. Totally. Anyway, if I show up on this podcast with a broken limb, even if I did it like changing a light bulb, I'm going to say it was doing some skateboarding tricks on this skateboard that we found in the garbage for my son. Well, that is it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zarab-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We would love to hear your questions and your ideas for the show. If there are any celebrities you would like us to cover, please send us an email at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a review, please. We will be back tomorrow with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.